This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Dear Governor is a production of iHeartMedia and Three Mutts Media. If you are moved by Jarvis Masters and his 30-year struggle on San Quentin's death row, and you'd like to support his cause, please consider signing a petition on his behalf. Visit freejarvis.org slash podcast to sign your name to an open letter to California Governor Gavin Newsom. Dear Governor Newsom. Dear Mr. Governor Newsom. This is an open letter to Governor Gavin Newsom. Dear Governor Newsom. As we wind down season two of Dear Governor, Jarvis Masters' federal appeals process is just winding up. The law firm Kirkland & Ellis has assembled an ace team of attorneys that will guide Jarvis through the post-appeals process with great expectations that he will, after a lifetime in prison, celebrate freedom once and for all. We at Dear Governor will continue to follow Jarvis and his fight for freedom, If you're moved by Jarvis's personal story, we encourage you to keep him in your thoughts, to pay attention to his developments. An engaged support system is critical to a successful transition to the outside, if and when that day becomes real. Later in the show, Jarvis answers some of your pressing questions and curiosities, but up next, Jarvis's lead attorney, a man for whom Jarvis is trusting his life and future. My name is Mike Williams. I'm a partner at Kirkland & Ellis. I'm a partner in the litigation practice, so I'm one of the people who tends to go to court to try cases. Typically, I represent large corporations suing large corporations. That happens more than cases like Jarvis's that involve the death penalty. My largest client to date was the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. So when they were sued by their bondholders and creditors and banks and monoline bond insurers during their financial crisis in 2016 and 2017, I represented Puerto Rico in those proceedings and making sure that these creditors weren't allowed to seize property in Puerto Rico. And so there could be this orderly bankruptcy practice. 
I represent a lot of companies in a broad array of different cases, but it's mostly commercial litigation okay. with a few exceptions. And some of those exceptions are death penalty cases like Jarvis's. Mm-hmm. There was a case that I'd handled. I stuck with this client for about seven years up and through the Virginia state and federal courts. Mm-hmm. Um, his name was Yvonne Telegas. He was one of the nine people on Virginia's death row. By the time Governor McAuliffe granted our petition for clemency, we'd gone through federal proceedings, state proceedings, state proceedings, because the state of Virginia was actually considering using the electric chair against him when they couldn't find access to the drugs that they needed for the lethal injection. So this was an example of a case where Yvonne was also actually innocent. It's very, very hard in federal courts to unwind a state court conviction and state habeas. That's where we are with Jarvis now. And I've got to say the facts have to be really stark because of the deference that the federal courts tend to give to state courts. In Yvonne's case, even though we stuck with him, it took really a courageous move by Governor McAuliffe at the time to mm-hmm. say, this man's innocent, I'll at least commute his death sentence. So that was back in 2017. And what percentage, I mean, you're a global firm, so what percentage of your cases are like this, are pro bono? How do you decide which to take? Because I would assume there would be dozens and hundreds of people wanting your representation. It's it's That's one of the difficult parts is because we're a large law firm, we'd love to take on more cases. But just as a, as a fact of life, so many of these cases are so difficult. And so many of the cases, the record is so difficult. In many of these cases, the client is difficult to reach and difficult to contact for lots of reasons. It, it also has to be a case where even though it's very rare for somebody who's on death row to have been served well by counsel before it reaches the federal courts, There are a lot of cases, not this one, where we found that state counsel is actually almost an obstacle to getting relief. And just to give you an example there, very recently, we had another death penalty case in Brazoria County, Texas, on behalf of a fellow who was intellectually disabled. And this this is really the story of somebody's worst day, Corny, because James Harris was intellectually disabled, had drug addiction issues had a terrible day where he was locked out of the motel where he was living. And he, 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 just in a fit of rage, he committed acts of violence that he never would have committed under other circumstances. He had tried to plead innocent, plead guilty rather, with the DA. The DA cut off plea negotiations and forced him to take the case to trial. And he was sent to trial in Texas state court without anybody ever raising a defense of intellectual disability. An intellectual disability in our system, under our constitutional system, that's mitigation per se. You're not allowed to execute somebody under the Eighth Amendment if they're intellectually disabled. Nobody ever raised that defense. And so I I use this as a case because it, it was another recent death penalty case that we handled. But we got a call from the American Bar Association where they said there's a case that's going to a hearing in four months. And this is before the holidays. So, you know, takes us over Thanksgiving, takes us over Christmas. There are very few firms like Kirkland and Ellis that have the resources to do that anyway. And then it's an even smaller Venn diagram when you talk about the firms that are willing to do it, that have the capabilities of doing it in terms of experience. So we were really lucky to get that case. Just a few months ago in March, we got a ruling that vacated, recommended that we vacate James's death sentence. So that was another win. 
but it still has to go up to the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, which could reverse that. I think we've got a good factual record. And the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals decides these cases at their own pace. Mm -hmm. But again, that's an example of, you know, you asked, how do these cases come to Kirkland? A lot of times it takes somebody like the ABA or somebody to say, not just this is a good case, but also this is the sort of case where Kirkland should get involved. How did Jarvis come to your, um, how did you learn about him? So we have, we're fortunate Kirkland. We have a great partnership. We have great lawyers who are associates, not partners. And then we also have lawyers who are affiliated with Kirkland and Ellis. And one of those lawyers who is affiliated with Kirkland and Ellis in an of counsel position is Larry Marshall, who's one of the foremost professors on the planet in terms of innocence, sentencing, criminal law, criminal justice. I mean, a whole host of issues. When I start talking about Larry's expertise, it's not to it's not even to try to exhaust it because he's just that good of a law professor. And he's just the sort of smart person that you want to be able to call if you're working at a law firm that reaches thorny positions like this. And I understand that Larry got a call, not from the ABA, but from Oprah Winfrey. And when Oprah asks for assistance from a law firm, the law firm pays attention. I mean, so this is, it's a sort of story that Larry would tell better than I would. But when you get a call that says, would you please hold for Oprah Winfrey and Brian Stevenson, you know, this, I, I, this better be good. I better take a seat. Jarvis Masters. I've said this to several good friends of mine. If I lose with these guys, Kirkland and Ellis, I never had a chance of winning because this law firm is very, very good. And my conversations with Larry Marshall just gave me the confidence that he knew the case and he was going to find the best people to you know, represent me. And he's one of the few lawyers that in my life I, I totally trusted. So mm-hmm. it was just a relief. I didn't have, I didn't do anything but just trust in, you know, in my innocence to find the right people to represent me. And that's what happened. So why do you think they took on your case? Because they're a huge international team, global firm. Well, I thought they knew that I was innocent. That's that's mm-hmm. the bottom line of that. That was the that was everything that I thought would, would determine if they would take my case or not. Did they see my innocence right there? Did they research my innocence right there? And when they took on my case, I finally had someone who be- really, really believed in me. And I just felt, you know what, I have the best law firm that I can possibly find in my life and in my situation. And from there, I just let it go. You know, I just give my faith to this law firm to do whatever they need to do to get me out of here. And what I would do is I I keep promise myself that I won't die in here Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll be able to leave here with a lot of my sanity in, in place. What does the team look like that you have put together to support Jarvis? We have a team that it, it's across offices. It's one of the things that I'm happiest about because Jarvis's case is pending in California. We're able to draw upon some of our best partners and associates in our Bay Area offices. Leading the team with me is a lawyer named Erica Williams, who was in the Obama White House Counsel's office She was in senior positions in the Securities Exchange Commission. Death penalty cases aren't her expertise, but she was also leading the team with me on James Harris's case in Texas that I was just describing. So Erica is a gifted lawyer who has an amazing courtroom presence. She has an amazing strategic sense. 
And she's one of those lawyers who, when I call Erica and I say, we've got a case and Larry Marshall said that this is one we should take. Erica is like one of the first people to say, of course, I'd get involved. So it's, it's good to have her involved, but then also just a really talented team in our, in, in our office in San Francisco. We have Ashley Littlefield and Austin Clark, who are two of our up and coming, really talented partners who are helping lead the team in the day to day efforts. They know California courts. They know California law. They've actually appeared in front of our judge before. So all of that is very helpful in leading a team, a fairly large team of associate lawyers and also legal assistants and all the resources that we have here at Kirkland. All told, our team is about, I'd say about 20 lawyers, which is very large for a Kirkland case. You know, e even our chemical company cases, you know, we, we tend not to staff them that large. But here, I mean, it's an important case and there are lots of people who want to get behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine you took him on or you signed on Jarvis just prior to the outbreak of COVID. So how has that impacted your representation of him? You know, it's it's really made the challenges exponential. I, in, I, I just talked about a case in Brazoria County, Texas, that was pre-COVID, where we could, over the course of four months, take that team of 20 lawyers or what have you and spread out over East Southeast Texas and conduct an investigation here because so many of the witnesses are in an institutional setting. And because COVID had completely locked us out from those institutional settings, that's led to real challenges. On the other hand, in Jarvis's case, one of the things that I think is a real advantage for us is that I think the procedural problems, the, the constitutional deficiencies in his state proceedings are pretty clear from the record below. You know, we, we, we can bring facts to the court. We can bring evidence to the court that would help the court decide these cases in our favor. We can show where the state court made errors, even involving facts. Mm -hmm. But there are certain principles about not being able to use state procedural rules, you know, what can be admitted into evidence mm -hmm. to create a constitutional violation. And that's what happened in Jarvis's case. So while it's unfortunate we haven't been able to spend more time in San Quentin and speak to people there, one of the benefits of Jarvis's case is, is that it's pretty clear what these constitutional problems are just based on the face of the record that's there. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives with 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional. You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, 
Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Will you be hiring an investigator to go back and look at the facts of the original case, or is this more specifically about the constitutional issues that dealt with the case? And it's, it's all the above, Corny, because okay. we are, you know, we're compiling the facts and we've got people that, you know, I don't want to talk too much about the investigation, sure. but I will say it's both. There's a factual challenge that I think is pretty important. And then there's also, fortunately, in Jarvis's case, there's also this black letter legal challenge. You know, it's in James's case, just to give you a counterexample, in James's case, we had to go and we had to speak to his aunt to say, tell us when he was growing up. We had to go to his high school yearbooks and find people who were on his football team and match up the photos with the captions and say, what can you tell us about James? And over the course of this investigation, we found out that James had a niece who is intellectually disabled and was actually a special Olympian. And nobody had ever said, wait, James, you have a niece who is a special Olympian who's intellectually disabled, who's close to you personally. Nobody had ever asked about this before. Of course, nobody raised your intellectual disability defense. With Jarvis, the set of witnesses is somewhat more cohesive. And it's also a little bit better explored because he had really good lawyers working for him before, you know, lawyers who were trying to do the right thing. Yeah. So there's the legal issues that are based on the factual record that they've created. And those legal issues are pretty stark. I mean, when you're not willing to listen to testimony because you're just saying, I'm tired of this, I'm going to hang up the phone. I mean, that's a, probably an unfair caricature, but that's that's an example of a legal issue that we can raise on the existing record. But the factual investigation is also a piece of that. So where do you go from here? What is the best case scenario? What are kind of the next steps that we can anticipate? And how can our listeners support you or, or support Jarvis in any way, shape, or form? Well, so where we go from here, we filed our petition, our federal habeas petition. And I think that it lays out in, I hope in readable language for anybody who's not a lawyer, doesn't, you know, isn't, you know, isn't steeped in what, you know, Chambers versus, you know, what what the Chambers case means, what the Brady case means. But I hope that it says in, in fairly straightforward terms, what went wrong at Jarvis's earlier proceeding. And I think it also makes a good case for actual innocence as well. So we've we filed our petition. At this point, we're still waiting for the state to file its answer. I mean, that's that's how this proceeds is we file our petition. The state files its answer. We file what's called the Traverse, which is just basically an answer to the state's answer. That's not usually as important. And then from there, one or both sides might tee this case up either for an evidentiary hearing where we put on evidence Mm -hmm. or the state might move for summary judgment and say, even based on everything that they alleged, we think this is so clear a case that you should deny relief. So those are the next steps. And because because the state has been so slow in filing their answer, we've really got some questions about what they're going to say. They were supposed to file it on July 31st. 
And we just received an email yesterday asking for another week. Now, I get the state has all kinds of resource issues, too. But it also prompts the question, Courtney, if you've got those sort of resource issues, why are you fighting this so hard? You know, if we've got a man who's got this, even you you don't know Jarvis, you've never met him. You don't know who he is. You've still got this claim of innocence in California. Why are you pushing forward with the death penalty here? You know, and, and, and I, I, I don't want to sound flippant. I, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but like, why the bloodlust? Like, what, what in the world would make you push so hard to make sure that Jarvis, with all of these procedural problems and with the showing of actual innocence, why are you fighting to keep him on death row? And I mean, it's a question that I hope gets answered at some point. But at this point, we'd just like to see what the response is by the state of California. Is there a time limit in which they have to answer you? At this point, they've extended the time limit. And, you know, in federal courts and with good reason, judges tend to be very lenient with extensions in cases like this. Mm -hmm. And typically, as somebody who's represented people who are on death row, ordinarily, when the state asks for an extension, we know we can't really oppose it. And for many of my other cases, you know, execution was imminent. You know, when the state asks for an extension, it's like, well, great, that's another two weeks that we don't have to worry about somebody issuing a death warrant. Sure. But since the moratorium is on in California, that's not an issue. That's right. But the federal judge will will ordinarily we just assume it's very difficult when the state can say, I've got COVID, I've got a docket, you know, he's on death row. But, you know, so it's it's very hard for us to, to oppose an extension by the state. It breaks my heart because, I mean, his his whole the whole state process for the habeas, the filing and then the oral arguments that was decades before he got an answer. And he's just this is just not a speedy trial that he's guaranteed by the by the Constitution, huh? No, and it's 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 something that it's hard because I know every day that Jarvis is on death row is another day that an injustice is being committed. And yet at the same time, we don't want to say to a judge or to any decision maker, please hurry up and give us. We don't want a fast answer, despite all the challenges of remaining on death row when you don't belong there. We really want the right answer. And so that's what we hope we can convey to the judge. Yeah. Was there anything that that the listeners can do to support or follow? We have a petition on uh, freejarvis.org that people can go go and sign, and it's basically just an open letter to Governor Newsom. But is there anything above and beyond that uh, that we can do as as a podcast to help? You know, I I hope everybody keeps listening. And I, I hate to go on and on about stories like this, but I've had death row clients who had been executed. I had the first one just during COVID. And this was a, a man who was on federal death row. And even though he had a, a shocking procedural story, he was executed in June in the um, federal death row in Terre Haute, Indiana. He died in obscurity. I mean, he was a person who had these really significant constitutional claims. And I had only represented him before the Supreme Court of the United States, but he was very well represented by amazing habeas counsel during federal habeas proceedings. And the Supreme Court doesn't have to take a case. And so, you know, this 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 client of mine was executed and there were a couple of AP stories. You know, the federal government just executed somebody and there was his picture and there was a, you know, a video of his mother saying, please don't execute my son for a crime that he committed when he was 19. But he basically died in obscurity. So when I started by talking about how special the case Jarvis was, a big part of it is there's Jarvis, but there's also all these people who support Jarvis. And if there's going to be a change, whether it's in Jarvis's case or whether it's in the application of the death penalty more generally, Mm -hmm. it's going to come from people who care. 
So I'd say just by virtue of the fact that Jarvis has supporters, people who would listen to a podcast and pay attention to this case, that puts Jarvis in an entirely different category from 99.99% of anybody who's on death row. And almost certainly from anybody who's got these sort of injustices that have been committed in his proceedings. So I'd say the thing that you can really do, I know it's not above and beyond, but especially for now, it's just stay engaged. You know, as a lawyer, I want to win this case in the courtroom. And so I would never say now is the time to start writing letters to the editors. That's not my lane. You know, my lane is let's put forward the best case that we can. Let's put forward a team that can win this case for Jarvis. Mm -hmm. But I have to say it's a real shot in the arm to know that there's somebody who cares and that we're going to do our best to win. And I'm confident that we're going to win. But to know that Jarvis has people who care about him, that makes all the difference in the world in a case like this. And that's to his lawyer. I can only imagine what it means for Jarvis. Well, um, David Sheff, who wrote The Buddhist on Death Row, the latest biography, and I have committed to to host a freedom party when you succeed in getting him out. So I, I hope <laughs> you, you will be a VIP. You will be a VIP at our party. <laughs> Listen, I'll be bartender at your party. I don't need to be a VIP. And we've got a, a Kirkland team that's so large. You can't have us all as, as VIP. So, you know, it's it's a hard it, it's a hard system to beat in the federal courts. But I think of the cases that I've seen and of the clients that I've seen, I mean, this is one that the federal courts really should make right. So I I, I always get very nervous when I talk about pending cases and especially pending cases like this, where I don't even know what the state's going to say yet. But I will say, I mean, just knowing Jarvis and knowing the facts and knowing the law, there's a reason why Kirkland took this on. There's a reason why people support Jarvis. And it's because this is the sort of case that should send a message to the system that things go wrong. Well, amen. Amen. But Courtney, and thanks for everything you do. I mean, I know I keep saying this, but it really does make all the difference in the world. I mean, it's it's just terrible. I can say from from Christopher's case, which is the client I'm talking about, to you know pour your heart and soul into pleadings and 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 convincing yourself, and then trying to convince the court and saying this shouldn't happen, and then the Supreme Court denies review and he's executed. And it's like, did this even make a difference? Did all the effort? You know, I had a team on that one too, and. You know, did this make a difference? And here it's like knowing that Jarvis has people who care, who are watching him, who are speaking to him. That really makes a difference, not just for Jarvis's case, but for all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for everything you do, Courtney. And thanks for the time. Thank you, too. Absolutely. And uh, I'll be waiting for your bartending skills. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Courtney. Take care. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. 
With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi, uh, my name is Tyler from Atlanta, Georgia, and I wanted to ask Jarvis, after all the complicated legal battles and issues around people not believing that you're innocent, what thought brings you peace? What do you think of when you when you want to find peace with a world that seems so frustratingly cruel and unjust? Meditation. I think the ability to sit down with both the good and bad does a lot to help me find that inner peace. I think there's always have to be something good about the worst things that are bad, you know. And I definitely felt that when when COVID hit San Quentin, where do I find my peace? You know, and my peace was to let it go through me. What does that mean, let it go through you? Knowing that I knew that this was something that I couldn't fight. This was something that they were not going to medicate me to keep me from catching it. I had a sense that San Quentin didn't know what to do. I didn't panic. I just said, you know, I'm going to let this, whatever it does, go through me. COVID go through me. I was not going to try to fight it. You know, I was just going to let let my Buddhist practice give me an idea of what's the best way I can deal with this. Do you have a place in your brain that you go, like for me, sometimes it's when I'm stressed out or whatever, like I'll, I'll go to like the beach in my brain, or, you know, I'll visit a peaceful place. Do you have any place you go or is it just a mantra? This is what I do. And I just noticed this not long ago. Whenever I feel really bad about something really depressing, I don't think meditation is going to is going to address the issue. And I think that's what the question was really asked of me. I create good conversations with people, you know. I really do. I, I create good conversations. I'll bring up something that would just put everybody involved in the conversation, whether it's a football game or something. And we're all talking about this, you know, and it can go on for an hour, two hours, you know. And somewhere in between these conversations, I just lose that that thing about feeling really, really, you know, depressed or sad or, you know, or something. So that's where I really go to. I've noticed myself doing that a lot. Do you talk to the guys, like, through yourself? Is that how you communicate with them? Yeah, I'm standing at my cell door, and I would throw something out there, and 
we, we talk about it. You know, it may be 10, 15 people involved in the conversation. It may be even more. But we're talking over each other, but we can hear each other. We have that ability to do that, you know. Uh, sometimes when you hear the noise, you think everyone's making noise, but everyone's really talking to each other, and they can knock the noise and not even pay attention to them. You know, that's mm-hmm. someone else's noise, not my noise. That's their attitude. I envision this. I envision someone getting real frustrated, and what they do is they call a friend, someone, a best friend, someone who they don't have to worry about using the correct speech or words to get across what they feel most frustrated about. Mm-hmm. We do that here. I know I do that. There's people that I, I, I talk to like that. You know, I would say, hey, man, let me bounce this off the wall and tell me what you think about this, you know. And I would get their advice, and most times I get the, the advice that I'm not looking for, but it's good to think about. Are there certain guys that just weigh in when you don't want them to? Yeah, but that would be my purpose, too. <laughs> right. Everyone jump into this, please. So I can get my mind off of some stuff I'm going through. You know. <laughs> jump in, man. You know, just, just, you know, yeah, man. Hey, man, more noise you make, the better this is going to feel. You know, and I think it helps for everybody. I think everyone has someone they call when, you know, when the workplace is not doing, treating them well, or when, you know, there's spouse problems, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. there's someone that we always call, you know, yeah. um, and it's the same way here. You know, I'm grateful that I can bounce things off of certain people. And I really, really thank Tyler, Tyler for his call. I thought it was a good question. And often I get that question about how do I find some measure of peace in all this chaos, you know, and all this other stuff. And it's a constant practice. And Tyler made up a really, really great question. Hi, my name is Sophia. I grew up Catholic, and within my religious organization and affiliation, we have always been taught to be pro-life. Personally, I have never made my own opinion on whether I'm against or for the death penalty, but I was really moved by something Jarvis had said. And he said, um, I have to acknowledge the fact that I have hurt people. And I was really moved by that, that he was, I guess, taking accountability for whatever he has done. I have been researching Jarvis's case, and I find it very shocking that Jarvis ended up on death row. I see that there's so many questions of Jarvis's uh, case, especially the fact that he might not have participated in the direct murder of a cop. How is it that we can can compare Jarvis's conviction to that of a serial killer? How does it feel to be put on death row with other people that have committed probably even more heinous crimes? And at the end of the day, they're being given the same punishment despite having completely different crimes. So that's my question. I think um, I think sometimes when you're forced to live with people, you're forced to live with people. But, you know, for me, I found it very interesting to just look at people, you know, and see, wow, you know, there's Scott Peterson, there's this and there's that, you know. 
and then I, 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 I look for the differences in me, for me, you know, what is the difference between this person and this person? And a lot of the stuff that they're on death row for, you tend to see, you know, it's very, remember I wrote a story about the guy, me and this guy playing chess, you know, mm-hmm. and he always would try to trap me, and but not just win the game, just trap me in a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, now that, you know, I meet people like, you know, you know, these serial killers, I, I'm so glad in all honesty that I'm not them. You know, that's mm-hmm. where I walk away from, you know. Wow, I'm so glad I'm not them. You know, we're both on death row, but I don't know what is in his mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's going on with him, you know. Me, I'm trying to write a book. Me, I'm trying to do this. And it doesn't make me better or worse. I don't look at it that way. It's just, wow, my sanity is something I really, really need to protect, you know, because... Mm-hmm. In many ways, I'm very, very scared about, you know, uh, this place turning me crazy. Yeah. And if anything scares me more, it's being, uh, it was in my mind, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm so scared to lose my mind. And after so many years, you tend to believe that, you know, it might just happen. What do you think kept you sane through all this time? That is a question that, that's like a koan. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I know it's people like you. It's the support I have on the outside. It's constantly being in communication with friends. But, you know, this bunk is still hard. This cell is still small. I can stand up and touch the ceiling. You know, I can put my arms out and touch both walls. And I see a bar that gets locked beyond the locked door that cannot be opened unless the ward has the keys. So mm-hmm. I think about, you know, but to your question, I don't know what it is. I used to say I'm crazy because I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I do know, and I think this goes really to the heart of her question, is that a lot of people on death row, they're sick. And if there were more hospitals, if mental hospitals would still be, you know, as they used to be, you know, many of them, a lot of mm-hmm. these guys would not be on death row. They would be in hospitals. They would be mm-hmm. in mental hospitals. So, you know, sometimes I look at them and I just know they're sick. You know, their minds are just shot out. But, you know, I get along with mostly everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just socially that way, you know, I'm wired up that way, you know, I can get in a conversation with somebody I think is totally out of his mind, but I can stay there for two hours and talk to him. And I know some of these people, and I know they're sick, I know they're tormented. it's, It's a fact. This episode was written and produced by Donna Fazari and myself, Corny Cole. Our theme song, Sentenced, is compliments of the band's stick figure from their album Set in Stone. Stu Sternbach composed the original music. Nate Dufort did the sound design. For more information on Jarvis and to find out how you can follow his case and support his cause, please visit freejarvis.org. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
in your mind the first night that you're out where you're stay? Have you imagined that? I'll probably stay outside. Outside? Yeah. Why? Because I haven't seen the dark outside these buildings for, what, 30, 40 years. Wow. Maybe one time. So I want to stay outside. In a tent? Why is it on the beach? I don't know. I just want to be outside. Yeah. Is that is yeah. that simple? I just want to be outside. Wherever I am, I want to be outside. You have 60 seconds remaining. Wow. Well, is there something wrong with that? I mean, Not at all. I mean, uh, not at all. It's, oh. I guess it's just something that, that I take for granted on the outside. And uh, the fact that that's the first place you'd want to be, I would imagine shelter, but you want anything but shelter. Right. I don't want to be in no one's, I don't want to be in, in, inside anything but outside. Yeah. That's a fact. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.